0: I just want to say thanks again to GrowthDay.com for sponsoring this podcast. Growth Day is a number one self-improvement system. It has all the tools, motivational classes, and life coaching you need to fulfill your potential. If you love journaling, tracking your habits, setting goals, and learning from inspiring motivational speakers and wellness coaches, then you'll love Growth Day. I teach on Growth Day every month, and I love to see you on the app. Go to GrowthDay.com for a free trial. Join 300,000 people making self-improvement a way of life. Visit growthday.com to start your new life with a free trial today. Today we have a special guest on the Straight Up Podcast. So I'm going to introduce so. this amazing man in a second. let Let's always say, man, when I have somebody we'll who is about you, so. making the world respect their greatness, it's full Make of greatness, I got to play greatness. this song. So I need all the listeners to tune in. Make the respect Today's your a day that's going to yeah. change Make your life, your I promise you. Oh, yeah. Make the world respect your greatness. Yeah. Make the world respect your greatness. Oh, yeah. Make the world respect your greatness. Yeah. Make the world respect all right. your greatness. Y'all can listen to the rest of that on Spotify if you want to. I don't want to waste any time because I have a person who is legendary to me. And I actually just met him for the first time. I think we've crossed paths before on stages. But just to kind of give a little background on why this man has such a, a near a near and dear place in my heart and my soul. A lot of you know what I've been through, you know, over the last few months with my mother passing away and then Maya's situation. And I had a friend refer me to who I'm about to introduce and said he's the best in the world, you know, take Maya to go see him. And I'm like, "Alright, man." I was like, I- "I'll go." And I wasn't sure when I reached out, you know, how he would respond. To make a long story short, he responded in a way that I've never seen a doctor respond. He says, whatever you need for your daughter and even yourself, Trent, because I know you play football, I am here to help. And that's just a glimpse of the heart of who I'm about to introduce right now. Dr. Daniel Amon. How you doing, Doc?
1: Trent, so great to see you and be with you and grateful for you helping me spread the word about brain health.
0: Well, I appreciate you. And it's necessary. You know, ever since I've seen you, you know, a few weeks ago, almost a month ago now, I mean, I am taking it seriously. And it was literally life changing for me. And and my hope today is that the listeners of the Straight Up Podcast, so guys, listen to this right now, this can literally be life changing to you because I'm just going to be honest. Dr. Amen. I think a lot of people don't understand or not aware, or maybe they don't want to be aware. And I was one of those people where, you know, I just kind of thought that how I acted was just I chalked it up like this is just who I am. And so whether it be me going through depression, this is just who I am. Whether me being sad, this is just who I am. I'm happy. This is just who I am, depending on the day. And I think a lot of people don't spend time being aware of, you know, just even their mental health or their brain. And, you know, we work so hard, at least I can speak for myself. I've worked so hard in my life on so many external things, whether it be working hard for someone else, working hard to please people. But I feel like we don't work hard enough on understanding literally the operating system that controls everything. And so my question to you to start this off is when it comes to the brain, why do you feel as if, and maybe I'm wrong, but why do you feel as if people aren't really aware of like, man, this actually controls everything in my life.
1: I I think you're absolutely right that very few people actually care about their brain because you can't see it. Mm. You can see the wrinkles in your skin or the fat around your belly, and you can do something when you're unhappy with it. But because most people never look at their brain, they don't care. And when I started doing the study I did on you, Brain SPECT Imaging, SPECT is a nuclear medicine study that looks at blood flow and activity. It looks at how your brain works. So when I did it on myself for the first time in 1991, when I started imaging, I'm a double board certified psychiatrist. I'm board certified in general psychiatry and in child and adolescent psychiatry as the top neuroscience student in medical school. And I didn't care about my own brain until I saw it. And when I saw it, I developed a concept I call brain envy. I always say Freud was wrong. Penis envy is not the cause of anybody's problem. I haven't seen it one time in 40 years being a psychiatrist. It's no, he was focused on the wrong organ. It's your brain. And my brain wasn't healthy because I played football in high school and I had meningitis as a young soldier. And I had a whole bunch of bad habits. Like I thought I was special because I could get by on four hours of sleep at night. But when I saw my brain was older than I was at 37, I was horrified. And I think I've spent, you know, the last 30 years just trying to have a better brain, because if you think about it, your brain runs everything, how you think, how you feel, how you act, what kind of dad you are, what kind of husband you are. And when your brain works right, all of those things are easier. And when your brain is troubled for whatever reason, you're sadder, sicker, poorer, and I'm so excited. You had asked me how, how I am. The Canadian Association of Nuclear Medicine just came out with new procedure guidelines on SPECT. I mean, I've been championing this procedure for 30 years, ever since I was about it, and got no end of grief from my colleagues. Most psychiatrists never look at the brain, so they diagnose you with depression and then start drugging you with no biological information, and they called me crazy. But the Canadian Nation of Nuclear Medicine came out and said, be doing scans on people with mental health issues because, oh, by the way, it's not mental health, it's brain health.
0: So I want to make sure I heard this right. So people in your own industry, your peers kind of look, I wouldn't say down upon you, but kind of like, ah, because you're actually looking at the brain.
1: Right now, I've gotten no end of hate uh, right. and all called all sorts of bad names. And then, you know, over time, I just realized, well, that's how science changes. You know, somebody notices something we should do differently. And you can't tell 40,000 psychiatrists what they're doing is wrong and expect love in return. Mm. Right. If I went to my wife today and told her everything I thought was wrong about her, that would not go well.
0: (laughs) I definitely understand that.
1: I I have just I've been in this war and, you know, it's it's worn me down, except all of the stories of transformation. Like I got to do the big NFL study. We scanned and treated now over 300 players, high levels of damage. It's like, well, stop lying about that. Right. Playing football is a brain damaging sport. You're big, you're strong, you're fast. You can't collide over and over and over again without having a negative impact but the good news is 80 percent of my players get better when we put them on a rehabilitation program so if you're going to do brain damaging job and and there are other ones right being a firefighter is a brain damaging job because of the toxins the emotional trauma the falls It doesn't mean we're not gonna have firefighters. What it means is we should be rehabilitating them from the fire academy. When we know that this is gonna put your brain in a vulnerable state, we should really teach you not to drink, (laughs) not to smoke pot and to eat right and to exercise and manage your mind. And that's what we should do with anybody who plays football.
0: Wow, and I wanna say you're a hero. And I know I told you this before, but grateful for you for that because, you know, with athletes, me being a former athlete, it's it was a big fear of mine, you know, especially before I came in there, I was so afraid. You know, I tried to have a poker face on, but I was afraid because I was afraid of the results. But, you know, me facing my reality and me getting a plan to actually, as you said, make my brain better. I mean, even just the little things that you've given me, like uh, emotional-wise, have really helped me just within these few weeks. And I, I want to stay there for a moment because you talked about emotional trauma with firefighters. But I know that people listening to this episode right now deals and have dealt with so much emotional trauma. I know, you know, my previous months has been a lot of emotional trauma. So how does that one affect the brain? And then two, you talked about this when I was on your couch. And this was amazing to me because in the church, we say generational curses, curses. When you told me that generational trauma can be passed down, I was like, wow. And I've talked about this on the podcast before in a different way. I've asked the listener, I said, hey, how many of you are living with things that aren't yours? And when you told me that, I was like, wow, so this is really a thing. And so can you talk about those two for a minute?
1: So trauma actually can get stuck Mm -hmm. in the brain. I published a big study. And we see the emotional circuits in the brain become busier, hyperactive after emotional trauma. And for many people, it calms back down. But for some people, if it happens too strongly or too much, it resets those circuits to just be more active, to put you at more risk for anxiety and depression. And there's some simple things to do to just calm it down there are treatments i love one's called emdr specific psychological treatment for trauma another is haven where you actually bring up the trauma so you know maya getting hurt and all of the intensity around that and then stroke your arms like this while you think about it and it actually has been found to calm those circuits down You don't have to live with past trauma. And then generational trauma. I have a new book uh, behind me. Your brain is always listening. And I talk about the dragons from the past that are always breathing fire on your emotional brain. And my favorite dragon, the most interesting of all the dragons, is the ancestral dragons, where the issues you have aren't yours, that they got written into your genetic code by trauma in a previous generation. So for example, my wife's grandmother grew up in what is now Lebanon uh, during World War One and the great famine that was there. And she was actually lost in the mountains when she was five years old for three days. And she lived with trauma her whole life. And before the pandemic, my wife had a pandemic room. I'm <laughs> like, we live in Newport Beach. When is there not going to be toilet paper on the shelves? Or when, you know, are we not going to be able to get groceries? Now, I can never say anything <laughs> to her again. But she, her genes had actually been preparing for three generations. And I think it's critical for everyone to know their family history and to go, "So what's mine? What do I need to work on and own, and what's not mine? Then I need to let go And it's just such a helpful concept.
0: I went on a journey not too long ago with that, you know, especially when my mother passed, and you know, I was telling my brothers you know for, from, from a positive standpoint, like mom gave us. So many good things to be able to run our race once her race was done. And it, I always think about this, always thinking about, you know, one, what's the seeds that I'm planting in my kids? Because I feel like every single day we're planting seeds, whether those seeds are good or whether those seeds are bad. And so I'm always conscious of that because I know as humans, we're influential creatures. So what we're around, usually, we're a product of our environment, sometimes, unless we're very aware and conscious of what's actually going on. So By you saying that, it makes me even more aware to make sure that I'm being the best I can be without, you know, giving myself grace at the same time as a parent. But I want to make sure I'm able to give my kids, and I'm also hungry to heal, you know, my things that I've been going through or went through or maybe my parents gave me or maybe their parents' parents gave them so I can break that cycle, so I can break that curse. I want to ask this question because it's just in my brain right now, and it might be a I don't think any question is stupid, but with this question, um, I wonder this, and I'm sure a lot of listeners right now are thinking like this too. You know, I have times in in my day, in my life, you know, where I have these seasons that, you know, I'm on it, right? I mean, anything can hit me and I can, you know, kind of push through it. Then I have these seasons that I go through where I feel like maybe depression gets the best of me, or maybe laziness gets the best of me. Maybe one day, I am, you know, one to conquer the world. The next day I'm like, ah, I don't want to be around anybody. Like, where does that come from when it comes to the brain? Well, it could come
1: from vulnerabilities that mm. you have. And there's this phrase I love called be curious, not furious. Wow. So when you have a bad day, be the scientist, not just the subject. And that, go, so what's different about today? I had a bad dream that triggered some emotional responses to me. Uh, I didn't eat right the day before. I had conflict with my wife. I was listening to the news longer than probably I should have, and that negativity pervaded. If you can just watch the cycles you have, you'll begin to identify the triggers for what brings you down. Now, you might also have a very high expectation, like you should be performing at a high level all the time. But as an athlete, you know how important rest is. So to allow yourself to recover and putting in those bright mind strategies you and I talked about, about how to get your brain really healthy, that that will help. Because sometimes people don't know, and many of my NFL players didn't know this, that when you hit your head repeatedly, you end up with low testosterone levels because your pituitary gland deep in your brain, which is sort of the master hormone gland, gets rattled, And then your hormones aren't quite right. So optimizing your physical health ends up helping your emotional health. One of my favorite patients, Justin Bieber, I'm in his new docu-series, Seasons. And, you know, like many celebrities, he'll do what I say some of the time. (laughs) And and it wasn't being very cooperative. And then he had a hard time and he came into my office and he said, I think I understand. My brain is an organ like my heart is an organ. If you told me I had heart problems, I'd do everything you said. He said, now I'm going to start doing everything you say. And then he got much better. So we need to think about that my thoughts, my feelings, my behaviors actually come from the physical health of my brain. Mm -hmm. And so if you want to be happy, it's critical to optimize the organ of happiness, which is your brain.
0: That's amazing, man. I'm just sitting here like in awe. And I know everybody listening to this right now is like getting so much knowledge and information because literally it's life changing. And you said the word thoughts. And I'm probably messing this up because you say it in a lot more articulate, powerful way. But I remember you you telling me something and it was about thoughts. And you said it's not the thoughts that matter, but it's the thoughts that you attach to those thoughts and I often talk about myself like your perspective can be your power, or your prison. And I love to say it's not the experience. It's the meaning you give to the experience. And when I look at my life and I realize like, man, every time that I went down, you know, the path of like negative thoughts, your ants, right? The negative thoughts, negative thoughts. And I allowed those ants. You can talk about that, too, doc, um, to infest my life. Right. It's because after the experience, I gave a negative meaning to it. Um, can you speak about like the power of that and. Maybe even give like just, you know, one or two things that people can disrupt that pattern.
1: I love that you brought that up. And it's right. It's not the thoughts you have that make you suffer. All of us have weird, crazy, stupid, sexual, violent thoughts that nobody should ever hear. (laughs) <laughs> Jerry Seinfeld said the brain is a sneaky organ. And just because you have a thought has nothing to do with whether or not it's true. That thoughts come from all sorts of places as we discussed they're written into your genes. They come from the voice of your mom or dad when you were growing up, your siblings, your friends, your enemies, the news, the music you listen to. So thoughts are just thoughts. And They don't cause you to suffer. It's the ones you attach to. It's the ones you believe. It's the ones you hold on to. It's the ones you define you. And I often write the equation on my board, A plus B equals C. Well, A is what happens to you in life. And we talked about, I've been criticized a lot by my colleagues. B is your interpretation of what happens to you. Mm. And C is how you react. And C, how you react, actually has nothing to do with A, what happened to you. It has everything to do with B, your interpretation of what happened to you. So early on in this process, people would criticize me. I would take that as um, an attack on who I was as a person, and I would feel anxious, sad, and angry. But over time, I just changed the B stuff, It's like, oh, this is normal when you're trying to change something important. Change doesn't happen easily and you're getting to do something special. So when people attack me, I just sort of let it roll off my back and my reactions are fine. They're helpful. I I feel grateful for what has happened to me. Not changing the criticism, changing my perception of it. And that's all you can control. (laughs) You can't control other people. And you often can't control what happens to you. I was on a podcast yesterday with Sadie Robertson, and I just love her. And she said, what's the best piece of advice anyone's ever given you? And I thought about it. And... I have a good friend. Her name is Byron Katie, and I love her so much. And she says, argue with reality. Welcome to hell. And I'm like, whoa, it's like, let's stop arguing with reality. Let's change our thoughts. Um, Do they help me or do they hurt me? And I have this great technique I love called give your mind a name. I don't know if we talked about it. I think maybe we didn't. But it's this idea that you can psychologically separate yourself from the noise in your head. And when I learned this technique, give your mind a name, I'm like, so what name would I give my mind? And when I was 16, I actually had a pet raccoon. Her name was Hermie, and she caused all sorts of trouble (laughs) in my life. She TP'd my mother's bathroom. She (laughs) ate my sister's fish out of the aquarium. She used to leave raccoon poo in my shoes. (laughs) Uh, Just like my mind, you know? It's like I imagine um, Hermie holding up signs like, you're a failure, you're an idiot, or that was stupid. And then when you separate, you can actually gain this psychological distance and you just go oh well, that's not a helpful thought i don't need to believe this and um uh, maya is four right
0: yes actually she just turned five on the seventh, so she just turned five
1: have you guys watched the new disney movie luca
0: we haven't yet but that's on the watch her. i will
1: minute 20. They actually talk about this concept and give it your mind a name. So Luke is about two sea monsters who, when they go on land, turn human. And one's really anxious. Uh, I actually think he should have been anxious because his friend was asking him to do stupid things. And his friend goes, you have a Bruno in your head. And he goes, who's Bruno? He's like, the name doesn't matter. But you're talking to yourself in a negative way. You need and then the theme of the movie actually becomes Silencio Bruno, which is basically tell your mind to shut
0: up. I need I think we all need it. I, I can speak for myself because you're 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 so right with that. Even evaluate my own life when the things that are bothering me, it's oftentimes things are, are that are external that I can't control. And so I always ask myself this question. What's in my control right now? And it's usually the meaning or the perception or the perspective that I can give to the situation. Every time that I get away from that truth, I allow worry, I allow anxiety, I allow stress, all these things just to set in and those ants, you know, take over and infest my life. I want to say I read this in your book. We have automatic negative thoughts and there's like a lot of them that go on every single day. What's the number on that doc?
1: Well, some people have estimated that you have about 60,000 thoughts a day. Uh, And I don't know if that's true. But as humans, because of how we evolved or how we were made, we wake up afraid because we're looking for something to eat us. And so the brain defaults to negativity, Mm. but it doesn't have to. And so I actually start every day with today is going to be a great day. That way, my unconscious mind finds, well, why is it going to be a great day? And then I focus on it. Or before I go to bed at night, I say a prayer. And then I go, what went well today? And I start at the beginning of the day just looking for, I call them, the micro moments of happiness that make me happy because if I put myself to sleep that way, my dreams are better. So I'm actually setting my dreams up to be more positive, which means I'm likely to sleep better, which means tomorrow is likely to be better. You want to be better tomorrow, really focus on sleep tonight.
0: That's uh, what's that mantra again? Tell me that when you first wake up, today's going to be a good day. Is that what you say?
1: Today is going to be a great day. Today is going to be a great Today day. Today is going to. Ah. Yeah. And then when it gets stressful, just like you said. I think during the pandemic, I prayed the serenity prayer thousands of times. Okay. God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. That's mental health, along with my friend, Ariana Grande. When she wrote her song, Thank You, Next, I texted her and I'm like, that's mental health. And she goes, what do you mean? And the song, it's its a fun song about her past relationships and it's like she's moving on. But ultimately, those are the three words of mental health. It's gratitude for what has happened and then turning your head to look forward gratitude mm-hmm. for what's happened, and then looking forward, that's mental health.
0: Let me ask you this question. How can you have gratitude? And I'm just, I know, but I I because I, I know somebody out there is listening is like, well, I, I, I can have gratitude for the great things that happened, but how can I have gratitude for these bad things that's happened in my life? Whether it be abuse, whether it be loss of a job, whether it be, you know, me losing my home, like, how can I have gratitude for that? And mm-hmm. why should I?
1: Well, because if you hold on the herd, it's poisoning your system. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, what can I learn and how can I be better? So everybody's been traumatized. And about 10% of people who've been traumatized develop what we call PTSD or post-traumatic stress disorder. Well, about 10% also develop something called post-traumatic growth. Mm -hmm. What did you learn and how can you be better? And so I spent decades being brutalized by my colleagues. And it's like, well, how is that good? And initially it wasn't good because it hurt my feelings. Uh, I had this big flaw. I like it when people like me and I don't like conflict. And so I like it when people like me and I don't like conflict. And now people don't like me and I'm in the middle of a fight. But ultimately, I'm grateful for it because I've been able to do something very special. And so you want to, there's an old, talking about Disney movies, old Disney movie called Pollyanna, that I love uh, because in it, she teaches you to play the glad game in whatever situation you're in. What is there to be glad about in this situation? And that goes with loving what is, or argue with reality, welcome to hell. and. Trent, this is really important. People think, oh, I tried this mental health technique and it didn't work. Therefore, I need medication. And I'm not opposed to medication. But you know to be physically fit, you have to work it. That you have to eat right. You have to work out. You have to be serious. Very few people realize to be mentally fit, you need to do exactly the same thing. There are practices you need to engage in every day. Today is going to be a great day. What went well today? Is it true? Whenever you have a negative thought, that's one of the questions. And that's what I'm really trying to help people with, is developing the mental discipline to be happy. And quite frankly, this very important, happiness is a moral obligation because of how your mood impacts everybody around you. And Dennis Prager created this great short video called Why Be Happy. And when he said that, because I grew up Roman Catholic and guilt was a big thing in my family. And I'm like, happiness is something people should strive for. And then if you've ever been married to an unhappy person, you know the impact on your life or raised by an unhappy parent. You know the devastation that can leave you with. So working to be happy isn't selfish. It's actually altruistic. Now, that's not the same as pleasure. I often think of pleasure as the enemy of happiness because... Of dopamine. It's like when you get a thrill, you can want more and more uh, to get the same effect. But happiness, where you don't believe every stupid thing you think, where you live in a purposeful way, where you notice what you like about other people more than what you don't, where you choose foods you love that love you back. All, all of these uh, strategies, it's just it's, it's important for us to develop the mental discipline to take care of our brains and our minds.
0: To the person out there that's listening right now, you know, why should they, you know, if you had to give one last speech that lives forever, right, or a statement or quote <laughs> to help people really pay attention and prioritize their brain health, what would that be and what would you say to them?
1: Your brain is involved in everything you do. How you think, how you feel, how you act, how you get along with other people. Your brain is the organ of intelligence, character, and every decision you make. And when your brain works right, you work right. And when your brain is struggling, you have trouble in your life. But after looking at nearly 200,000 brain scans over the last 30 years, what I've come to believe in my soul is you're not stuck. With the brain you have, you can make it better. I can prove it. And with a better brain always comes a better life.
0: There you have it, Dr. Amon. I want to say thank you for taking time out of your day to pour into everybody in the Straight Up Podcast. Thank you for who you are to me, the best in the world. Uh, Make sure that you pick up Dr. Amon's new book, all of his books. But I'm currently reading. Your brain is always listening. I'm understanding my dragons that I have in my life and how to slay them. And it's really helped me. Uh, let them know where they can find you out podcasts, uh, social media outlets before we get off of here.
1: Well, thank you so much. They can learn about our clinics. We have nine soon to be 10 clinics around the country at Amen, Amen, like the last word in a prayer clinics.com. Follow me on Instagram at Doc underscore Amen or on Facebook. And my wife and I have done actually about 800 podcasts. The Brain Warriors Way, BrainWarriorsWayPodcast.com.
0: Well, there you have it. Dr. Amen, thank you so much, man. I really appreciate you and I cannot wait to see you soon.
1: Great. Thanks, my friend. Have an awesome day.
0: Straight Up it's hosted and recorded by me, Trent Shelton. The episodes are mixed and edited by Andrew Weller. Cameron Berkman is our executive producer. Straight up with Trent Shelton is a production of the Hollis Company. Hey, I want to make sure you got my phone number, like for real, for real. No kidding. Did you even know that I have a community text number? And if you don't, where have you been? So, go ahead, take out your pen and paper, or take out your phone, and write this number down. My phone number is 817 242 2719. I'm gonna repeat it for you 817 242 2719. People always ask, Trent, how did you get that community text number? And how does it work? Well, today's your lucky day. Go to community.com and go get your own. Community makes it easy to get a phone number that you can use to build your audience using Texan. People just text you at the number, they're added to the group, and then you can text them out audios, video links, anything you want. Like you already know, I text out podcast links, random things about life. I text out surprises, all the things that I don't post anywhere else except my rehabber text community. Texan gets me out of the noise of social media and directly to you. And guess what? Now you can start texting your people too. Just go to community.com to get your number. They'll give you a 10-digit real phone number. Not those weird short codes that look like spam, but it's more than just a number, y'all. Your new number comes with an inbox for SMS texting. This means you can actually manage your text links from your community and an app on your phone. You can schedule texts at certain times to certain groups. It even comes with auto-replies, so many things. Just go to community.com and ask for a free demo They'll show you how it works and get you your phone number. It's time to start texting your audience versus just posting on social media. Everyone uses community for just that. So go to check them out at community.com. That's community.com. Let's get it. Hey, you, I got a question for you. Are you trying to build your community online this year? If not, you should. Without the rehabbers across the world, there would be no trend show in the rehab time. Everyone in business is talking about the power of community because when you get community right, not only does your audience grow faster, but so does your sales. But where is everyone managing their communities these days? A lot of online entrepreneurs and thought leaders are turning to Circle.so. Circle is an all-in-one community platform. It lets you host content, create discussions, live streams, group chats, memberships, all online.